Hello everyone, welcome to episode 6 of 21 With, a life without any podcast presented by Mother Energy Drink and hosted by me, Louis Dunn. This episode's guest is Benjamin Plant, a Melbourne-born, LA-based indie electro act Miami Horror. Miami Horror exploded onto the scene with their 2010 debut, Illumination, and have since gone on to release two more ripping records and deliver electro-pop bangers to the global masses. Their latest single, Love Is Not Enough, is three minutes of pure funk dainty goodness. It's out everywhere where you can get your music, and I recommend to get your hands on tour and get, get a party started with it. Anyway, for now, this is 21 with Ben Plant of Miami Horror. I'm with Ben from Miami Horror. How are you, mate? I'm great today. How you feeling? Um, pretty prepared for tonight. A little worried. You know, yeah. whenever we play Sydney, something goes wrong. Really? Yeah. It's as kind in, of strange. As in something in the show, backing tracks, synth turns off, things like that. I can't, to be honest, I can't remember, but I know it's happened yeah. a lot. You, you, you play with six people now, right? Yeah. And still using a backing track or? Yeah. 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 I mean, some of our songs are so sample heavy and things like that. It's like, you couldn't do it without it. Yeah. Plus just the textures and things like that. Yeah. And what else? You've been, when did you touch down back in Homeland? One week ago, we got to Melbourne straight into rehearsals and shows from a US tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's, how's the US going? Really good. I feel like there's less pressure there. Okay. Um, we... You know, like, we've been around Australia for a while. Yeah. Like, 10 years. And there, we've kind of been the same, but it's, like, not everybody knew about us. People discover you later and things yeah. like that. So, it's been more progressive and, um, yeah, and it's just so spread. Whereas yeah. here, you really only have Melbourne and Sydney as, like, a huge target percentage. Yeah. So, you can't screw up, you know? Okay. Yeah. And they're taking your music well over there? Yeah, it's it's actually going. It goes well for us in South America, Mexico, more so. Yeah, which okay. is really awesome. Obviously, yeah. like the more time you spend there, the better. So you've toured down there. Yeah, it's and good. we just did Mexico, and it was like the most. We it was we kind of played like the Coachella of Mexico, Corona Capital. Okay. And um, it was just it was probably one of the most intense shows of our life. Like this, the way they react and yeah. they they all care and they're all like know you so well and know all the lyrics and stuff yeah it's like it's pretty special Let's yeah alright well hopefully Australia can have that <laughs> reaction on this tour yeah anyway let's get into our 21 with mm-hmm. um, you know the idea of it we briefly explained before it's 21 rapid fire questions and then mm-hmm. we'll um, pick your brain at the end on yeah. the ones we think need yeah. more explanation yeah. yeah how's that sound sounds good okay this is 21 with Miami Horror start the clock First instrument you learn to play? Saxophone. LA or Melbourne? LA. Track you track you put on to get the dance floor moving? Um, Mullinex Open House. Secret talent? Like counselor therapist? Oh wow, I like that one. Highlight of your career so far? Um, it's, it's hard to put into one, but I would say that the most recent one is that Mexico show. Yep, uh, must have item in your rider. I think really just water. You don't water. need anything. Yeah, nice. Uh, worst gig you've ever played? Probably, like, I don't know if I can say it because it was so recent. Okay, well, maybe. Let's just say regional Australia. Oh, no. Hope that's not where I think it is. Favorite, favorite thing to happen on this tour so far? Um, playing Melbourne, super sentimental. Yep. I'll explain later. Cool. <laughs> Biggest misconception about Miami Horror? Um, Maybe that 
like, I don't know, I would say that we're only a pop band or something, yeah. but really like, something like that, something in that range, there's just, there is just a bit of a okay. misconception about ultimately what our music is. Okay. Yeah. Singles versus actual albums, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, best part about living in LA? Um, the sun every day, not worrying about the weather. Do you feel like you need rain? Oh, I, I want to get back into that one. <laughs> um, Miami or horror? Miami. Who's your mu- musical hero? There's a few, but you know, kids just say somebody like David Bowie. Great. Covers all bases. Coachella or Splendor? Splendor. Who was going to win the Hottest 100 for this year? I have no idea. Weirdest thing that's happened on stage at a Miami horror show? There's been some weird ones that I've just got to... I can't say some of them. <laughs> um, because they relate to us more so. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't think of any yet. Yeah. We'll try to come back to that. Okay. Cool. Dream collaboration, alive or dead? I've been saying recently that Anderson Pack would be pretty good. Yeah, you know? yeah. Favourite country, country to tour? I kind of like Argentina. True or false? Love is not enough. It's true, yeah. Who would play who would play you in a Miami horror biopic? Somebody nerdy. Something in between like Shia LaBeouf and like uh, the guy. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a movie. There's a movie where there's like two nerdy guys and, the, and one has like a little fake ID. Oh Michael Sarah. Or... Yeah, Michael Sarah would be good, something like that. Oh yeah, mix between Shia LaBeouf and Mar- Michael Sarah. <laughs> Uh, when's the next album coming out? I'm aiming for the end of the year, but probably it'll be finished then. Sorry, next year. Sweet. That's it? Yeah, that's good. Stoked? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Wake you up a bit? Yeah. Still waiting for that coffee to kick in? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what's your coffee you drink? Magic. What's that? Oh, fuck. Yeah, I don't think it's a Sydney thing, is it? No. Um, I think it's like a double shot with a little bit of milk. It's like this, it's like a Cortado, but technically the ratio is the magic ratio. Yeah. Wow. I definitely, when the, when I said it at the coffee shop, the lady looked at me funny, but then the, the guy who made it knew what I was saying. Yeah, they did write magic on the top yeah. of it. I've only heard that, I only really heard about it like a year or a year and a half ago, but yeah. like other people told me it's been around for ages. Yeah. I mean, I went to a suburban coffee shop and it was there like a year yeah, ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. I've never heard of it. But what, what, what about the coffee in, in LA? Do you still... It's all good. I don't care. I'm not it's... that picky. No? Yeah, no. What do you drink over there? Just Starbucks or something? Or... No, no, no. It's still... still... I mean, there's a lot of good coffee shops. Oh, really? They, that's, they took, you know, that whole Melbourne thing, Australian thing with like good coffee. It's definitely over there now, for sure, yeah. the last five years. I mean, there's like where I live, there's like six in a row, basically. Yeah. It's just, it's all there is now. Plus it's like a high profit thing. Yeah. I think like you charge $5 or something, it costs like 50 cents. Yeah. It's a very cool. quick turnover, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell us about Mexico and South America in general. You've, you've obviously got a lot, a lot of love for those guys down there. Yeah. Um, we... One of the first places we played down there, out, well, one of the first places we played outside of Australia was Chile. Yeah. There's a really good promoter down there who was really trying to get good music out, and he's made all the difference down there. And yeah. he now runs, we've known him for the 10 years, and he's 
um, running like huge festivals there and stuff and um, bringing everyone. Yeah. So that was our first experience and just to see people so excited over there, like, you know, it's not, you don't really hear about Santiago around the world as being like a big place that you would go to. Um, and there's really cool beach areas around there too that we played. And, um, then yeah, just the whole attitude down there is like, there's a touch of the European side where it's, you know, say in Argentina, it's a bit more fancy and stuff. Yeah. And then, um, but they're, they're just really passionate and faithful. Yeah. So in the contrast with Australia is like, we always want new music and we want to, everyone wants to be up with it and like yeah. ahead of the game. Okay, it's like yeah. we try to outdo each other with yeah. everything in this weird, like competitive cultural thing here. Um, and that in a sense turns over music quicker and stuff like that. Whereas yeah. down there, if they love you, like they'll love you forever. Yeah. You know, it's more about that. Like you had a big effect on somebody and they're going to hold on to that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're a bit more stubborn over here in that way. Yeah. You always see on, um, like YouTube videos. Have you seen that? Where it's always like, come to Brazil, come to yeah, of course, Argentina. Yeah. I think there's also a lot more people. Well, yeah. They're just more vocal for sure. But yeah. yeah. And, and it's just like, they're hot. They're not giving a fuck really about if anyone else it's not their band they're trying to share mm. it with people mm-hmm. that's a cool thing uh, saxophone first instrument was it mm, do you still of. play that no no I haven't played it since I stopped since I stopped in high school um, I, I feel like it could be a good part of the I know I know <laughs> it could have been used once or twice for sure but I don't think I could ever really rip on it anyway yeah so I'd always get someone else to do it um yeah, I actually started kind of playing guitar first when I was like five or six, but not for long enough to really say I could do it. And then um, saxophone was just with a school band. Yeah. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And then I quit to do football because... Football, soccer or...? No, normal. Yeah, I, I just wanted an excuse to not get up at 7 a.m. every day yeah. on a Wednesday or whatever. It was yeah. ridiculous. So. Yeah, right. And then when did the synth and everything come along? Um, I always loved synths and I just loved like 70s sounds and 80s sounds before I even really knew what was going on. Okay. It's very gravitated towards them. They're more organic or something. Yeah. You know, like, well, like that brassy like. Yeah, like even brassy pads. Have, yeah. They yeah. have like a vocal tone to them yeah, because they're opening, sure. you know, yeah. like a throat kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, any synth bass with like a, a resonant filter on it that you can hear the wetness of it. It's yeah. organic in yeah. that sense. So it connects with you much more and guitar and piano just seem so generic to me yeah you know just plain of course you can add a lot to them but yeah. by themselves it's just also <laughs> just sing a songwriter kind of stuff I can't deal with that there's a there's a lot of uh, guitar in your new stuff I know well, Re- that I restless know. one that, yeah yeah. that guitar that's guitar driven I think mm-hmm. like that for riff. sure so you, what I like about guitar is if it's got an effect and that has like a nice chorusy sound to it yeah um but it's also, I think I like the riff element of it. Yeah. Like the stabbiness of it. Yeah. Rhythmic guitar is good. Plucky funk guitar yeah, is good. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Be, uh, biggest misconception that you're more than just a pop band. What, 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 what if you could put like a genre at the start of your Spotify? No, there's thing? no genre. That's the hardest thing. Yeah. Like okay. I, it's, 
and you know I'm I'm like the ma- the producer behind it, so I, I kind of like change, chop and change all the time. Yeah, and I like different things all the time, and I change the direction. So it's really hard to just explain it. In. It's honestly super confusing to to try to put even three genres to it. Yeah, we just say like. I don't know, man. We just say it's like 80s influence yeah. and stuff. But um, no, I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly about that misconception thing. Okay. I don't... I think it's something to do with like that the singles we release historically for the last, you know, since the first album, it's, it's kind of like we're trying to be singles and that takes away from like the actual music element yeah and if you don't like a band single you don't really check out the album oh right. and then okay. that's kind of common is that yeah. a common thing okay. yeah of course yeah cool. um and then we did that a lot of times we released a lot of singles yeah. <laughs> some of them that i don't like at all anymore um on that first album there was like three it was like was four yeah three or four yeah and they and i'm still happy with all of them because they came from like a good place of me just trying to make music that i liked yeah um, and I feel like the second album came more from like, okay, we got to step this up and we got to have like a hit. Yeah. And I think I thought that about like 10 times. So like eight or 10 of the songs I thought were going to be the hit and then they don't turn out to be the hit. They just turn out to be like an extra sugary single, okay. I mean song on the yeah. album with the generic structure. So that, that's like what killed the vibe a bit for me in some of those songs, but, um, yeah, so it's just kind of like definitely coming back more into like being an artist to myself now for the yeah. last like two years and I'm trying to make sure that that comes through first in the next album as mm-hmm. opposed to worrying about really like having, you know, no matter what singles we write, it's like doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah. So you might as well just make good art. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Coachella or Splendor? You said Splendor. Yeah. How many times you played Splendor now? I think we only played once or twice. Um, but I, and I went a few times, but I went in the with mainly in like two thousand and eight and nine and ten where they, I oh know it was eight and nine where they had the um kind of location in the it was just like fields and they had the wood row or wood, wood yeah. what was that one wood Woodford the Woodford. one in Woodford. Brisbane I went to that one and um yeah Woodford was stunning that was two thousand and ten yeah. um they had the artist area like in between the stages backstage amongst like all these caravans it was crazy and yeah. like Tammy Parlor played on the, the year that their first album came out and LCD Sound System and The Strokes and Midnight Juggernauts and like all these things that it's just like you couldn't make a better lineup at least for me personally yeah and we played and we just had the best time and um Coachella is definitely a lot more commercialized and like too, far too many people for my personal taste okay. you know so I love, yeah, I love those. It looks like Lost Paradise would be really good too. Yeah. R.I.P. got yeah. cancelled, hey? Yeah, I know. But just seeing some pictures of that, like yeah. the, the nature that we, like festivals in a field is cool, but like amongst the trees and yeah. like with a bit more adventure around it, it's so awesome. Probably comes from that doof culture. Yeah. <laughs> those guys are way ahead of us. Um, <clears throat> so the worst gig you ever played, it was in regional Australia. You don't have to name where it is. But what? I don't happened? know if I could say worst. Could you say what happened, or you know what? I'm gonna switch it. Okay. They're all regional Australia. Yeah. Usually all the sh- 
shitty ones. No offense yeah. to Region Australia. I but couldn't like, imagine Miami Horror playing in an RSL or something. No, it just doesn't. Doesn't fit me aesthetic. It doesn't right? even really work for us to play Adelaide sometimes. You yeah, know? okay. Unless you're getting Triple J play, you, why you like you're not going to have the right vibe. Yeah. Like it's you've got to be, you've got to be getting played around to really get those places to hit home. Yeah. I think. Um, so let's just skip the one that I was talking about because it, it was just actually the smallest gig we've ever played. Okay. And very weird, um, but it went well. Even the worst gig we ever played was in Adelaide. Okay. And that, um, nothing necessarily went wrong for us either, but the people were like animals. It was crazy. Really? So, um, they ripped the lead singer's shirt open, all these buns off his shirt. They ripped the back of his pants open from his pocket, you know, like by pulling the pocket so hard they ripped open. And then they stole the mic. Some guy stole the mic mid-set. It was a wireless mic. He took it off the stand from the crowd and ran away with it. And we said, like, for, like, 10 minutes, can you just please bring the mic back? We've got to continue. It was, the venue was rammed. Yeah. That's when it just opened, too. And um, he never brought it back. <laughs> and he just ran off with it. I thought it was funny. And yeah. they, they found some girls found him in the street later that night, fake interviewing people. <sighs> with the mic and he was and they were like you know that's Miami Horror's mic he's like haha yeah fuck Miami Horror haha and um he ended up getting in trouble with the venue or the police or something the police found him and he wanted to be a lawyer he was starting to be a lawyer oh. but he can't be a lawyer now because <laughs> of that and and the guy in the band wrote to him and said like somehow they found him I don't even know and he said like can I please have my mic back that cost a lot of money it was like a special wireless one <laughs> Yeah. And he goes, I don't have it, but I might find it if you get the charges dropped. <laughs> and he was like, you idiot. Okay, good luck. The venue bought us a new mic and he had his issues. So, wow. Like with that kind of attitude. It's like shit, yeah. yeah. And have you played at that spot since? Yeah. And, and we gone. will be again. <laughs> but the last, one, the last time we played was way less people. Because yeah. It wasn't like the opening party like the first time. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even know. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know if we should be playing Adelaide at the moment <laughs> until we have like a full, unless, you know, there's lots of radio playing. So. Yeah. Um, secret talent. This is my, this is my favorite secret talent answer, answer yet. Mm-hmm. A counselor, therapist. Are you, are you that, that guy amongst your friends or amongst the band? Not, not quite. Like that's a thing. I'm not really seen as that. Okay. And I'm not like reliable as a constant come to source. But if like anyone needs to talk to me about relationships and their breakups or whatever, I'll have like way more info and wisdom on it than you would expect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of secret talent. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to tell your friends otherwise your fucking phone will be blown up. Yeah. They're every, normally counseling me. So. Every party. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Miami Horror biopic. Shia LaBeouf. Is it the Le- Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, I feel like you could just stick with that because I love that guy too. Yeah. And um, and he's kind of got the same facial structure, mm-hmm. hair color. A little bit, yeah. Have you have you watched any of his new stuff? No, I'm I'm so keen. Like even there was the one from a while back that was really somebody was telling me about. Um, do you name some of them? Do you know many Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, that one. I got, <clears throat> yeah. I got to see that one. Yeah. And I got to see the Honey, Honey Boy. Boy. Fuck. Because I love that he's just crazy and weird. And he so, seems so sincere. 
at the moment. In, yeah. Have you? I don't know if you've watched any interviews. Like, he's just got this whole like present vibe about him. Mm-hmm. This is going off a bit track, but 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 that that would be that would be a guy. What would be the story storyline? What do you think are the main components? Like, yeah. <laughs> start off. Where where'd you, where were you born in Melbourne? Yeah, Eltham. Uh, there'd be a lot of adventure, yeah. like childhood, teenage adventure. Yeah. You know, um, where we grew up was like a really cool kind of laid out suburb. It had a lot of like bluestone buildings and all artistic stuff from the 70s where they, like originally it was like a kind of artist area. Yeah. So people moved there. There's lots of like hills and empty fields. And now, of course, it's filled with houses, but yeah. like it's very beautiful. And um, yeah, we just had a lot of adventures there and like, there was this this um, stormwater drain that people would enter and like go down, and it was like really mysterious and scary. And you'd Sounds always like wonder if it. there was <laughs> yeah, you'd always wonder if there was like a person in there because it was pitch black. We yeah. you didn't have phones back then, so you didn't have yeah. lights. You know, it'd be uh, quite scary that like you'd be running through and just one person dies. Like urban legends and yeah. stuff. And then um, there was like magic mushrooms grew there naturally. Wow. So there was lots of like trying to hunt that and collect that even though I didn't really, I wasn't trying to take it. I was yeah. just like, wow, that's so crazy. They were finding them, like yeah. a treasure. And then um, just that kind of atmosphere. You that's know? cool. And then the music stuff started around then and just progressed into, yeah, there's no, I don't have like an amazing story. Yeah. It's more, it would be more about the character and nostalgia of it all. You know? I reckon it would be cool. Um, <clears throat> the best part about living in LA, the sun, you don't, you don't feel like you need a bit of rain sometime to... Oh, apparently, yeah, but <laughs> I forget. Um, after a while, maybe like a year, you start to feel a bit crazy and then somebody's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if it rained? And you're like, oh, yeah, it would actually. <laughs> but you don't, you don't think about... It. The awesome thing is it just there's no inconvenience of the bad weather, Yeah. usually. You're just constantly focused on what you need to do without... And yeah. you're in a good mood. Like, every day starts good. You know when you wake up here and it's sunny... And you're like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. It's like that every day. Oh, wow. And whereabouts in LA are you based? Silver Lake. And what's that near? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was just like the cool suburb for a while. And yeah. It's um, not too far from anything, but it's, it's become kind of commercialized now and I don't, I don't really want to live there anymore. Okay. So when I said LA over Melbourne, that might be incorrect. Do you think you'll come back to Melbourne? I'm tempted. I love that. I have all the friends and family there. It's yeah. it's becoming something that, as in the city itself, is becoming something I don't know. Yeah. Like the inner city, all the suburbs that I grew up in and stuff are all the same. It's beautiful, but the um, yeah, the city just like the way that its development is crazy. Yeah. It's like, in all the areas where there's just normal single story houses that used to be nice, they kind of smash down all the old ones and they build like five-story apartment blocks there mm. so you, it just doesn't make any sense you just see this little house little house little house huge thing little house yeah little house, huge thing and it's just like this is a fucking mess <laughs> and that, and when it's a mess it's a mess forever like nobody's taking that building down for a hundred years beautiful mess so i'm um, um, that's the one negative i can't deal with okay other than that if i lived maybe like out of the city it would be cool yeah nice to stay there uh your musical musical hero david bowie um, and you, uh, you had a few more rattle, rattle. I, I don't really know who else there would be besides the obvious. I wish I could say somebody that wasn't so obvious, but I think that like with David Bowie, he covers all the bases because he was so original and creative and weird. And yeah, 
um, conceptual, like every album and character he had was. Yeah. That's why it's special because I think there's none of that going on now. Nah. Like everyone is just really like because he was a big pop artist as well. Yeah. So it's like to be weird and to be that is really awesome. It's like. I mean, you had Lady Gaga being weird, but the music was insanely bad. <laughs> and um, now it's like everything below that that's considered mediumly cool is just like the same thing. R&B, hip-hop influenced, trying to be really cool. Yeah. It's like very try-hard. Everything's very try-hard. Yeah. Nobody's like leading the way too much. Yeah, for sure. And um, Do you think you guys would ever take a different like a total like image change mm. well like, in a sense we are but it's also like not as simple because because we're not a band as such like okay, yeah. I'm dri- like driving the, the boat and we change people every now and then and the live show changes and people think we're a band and that's been a struggle because I let that happen I created that problem by not want by like being too fearful of being alone or like yeah. being the only being responsible and um, now I don't feel like that. I can finally create more stuff however I want, but it's kind of like now I've got to deal with the issue of people being like, well, the band's changed and so on. It's like, no, it's actually not changed. Yeah. The live show's changed. You know? okay. So we, we're changing the image by now we have um, Reva and this guy TC who are singing all the songs mm-hmm. live, which the music's always had different singers, so it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really, there's no individual sense now of like just me or something. Yeah. So I can't really like just change my image and stuff. Yeah. It's like, I'm like the least visible person okay. you know, in the project almost. Where, where do you sit on stage? Uh, in the in the middle, damn, but like on a riser and okay. historically just playing bass and stuff. So yeah. it's not really, you know, you, you don't, there was no emphasis on me until this year. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's the, that's Except like a big the, change in the new live show yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like we're we're centered, yeah. We're yeah. like centered now. You know, yeah. Kind of, you can kind of get the impression that we are more responsible for the music, and yeah. then these performers are in front. Kind of like say what maybe like five facilities or yeah. maybe Chemical Brothers and people do with Future yeah. Vocalist Live. Like that's how the project was supposed to start. Oh, or even like Justice, where you got two people. Yeah. That was kind of the idea behind it, and then. Um, management push, pushed for a live band and I was like yeah okay cool good idea and um yeah going from there yep when's the next album coming out I'm th- like thinking the end of the year I mean end, end sorry of start of 2021 yep so okay yeah how, how, is, how many songs have you got down now just the two? Oh, no no we had we have like six songs or something but I'm not really sure because we went in this I was really influenced by Kate Trinata and all that kind of stuff where bringing samples back in in a new way and like doing funk and disco elements in a new way whereas I had pretty much ruled that out I was like after 2015 I was like no more disco please yeah. you know Okay. and then I heard that and I was like okay well this isn't disco but it's it touches on the same essential feelings and stuff and I was really like impressed by that. And I felt like that's what I would, you know, really related to how I started out. So I wanted to get back to that. But then it started as we've done it and as we're leading towards it with these songs that still kind of sound like us, but point us in that direction. I've just started to feel like, you know what? It's like, it's a different scene. Like it's an actual scene and we're not just going to infiltrate that scene 
and it's already been going for like three years. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of better that we stick to our own sound. Yeah. Ultimately. And like this new album is just like the most Miami horror album ever with the most, um, much more emotion and stuff. And like I was finding the funk stuff to just be a bit empty, just like fun and happy, but no power behind it. So still we've got a bunch of those songs, probably condense them down to like three or four. Yeah. And then the rest will be kind of more traditional Miami horror, I guess. First album. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. Hope you enjoyed your time here. I certainly did. And uh, have a great Christmas. Good luck with the upcoming gigs and stuff. And hope to see you back on home home turf soon. Yeah, Christmas in Australia is always fun, right? Yeah. It's pretty nice. Always. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to 21 with Miami Horror, presented by Mother Energy Drink and Life Without Andy. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and follow Life Without Andy for more info. This episode was recorded and edited by me, Louis Dunn, and produced by Harry Weber. See you next time.